Gentlemen, welcome to this, your latest Euro 2020 episode of the 20 Good Minutes podcast. I feel like we should have sponsored the Euros because 20 Good Minutes, Euro 2020, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> we, we've really got this conclusion halfway through the tournament. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to sponsor it, maybe if some eyewear company makes sense to me, 2020 Vision related. That would check out, actually. Our campaign for sponsorship continues. Uh, and speaking of campaigns, transition. The second round of matches of the Euros has... I think they're getting worse, by the way. Hey. I think the transitions mm. are getting worse. Before, they were quite good. So good that I would mention them. And now, I'm almost trying to disassociate myself from the transitions that you're doing. But yes, the, more matches have happened. The, the tournament continues. <sighs> okay. The second round of matches is done. If you listen to the first one, we are going to go through these matches, uh, obviously talk about them, because we are talking on the morning of the Italy-Wales-Switzerland-Turkey matches, so we are just before kind of the the groups get settled. And we are honestly continuously impressed by how bad Turkey is. We didn't... The last podcast we did, mm. we didn't fully dive into the fact that Wales beat Turkey two to nothing, despite Gareth Bale hitting maybe the worst penalty I've ever seen. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, Charlie Adam, Carlin Cup final, League Cup final 2012, I was there. Uh, that ball's still traveling. And it was very similar to that. Maybe it's just left footers have the problem. Uh, but no, like Turkey are bizarre. If you'd ask me pre-tournament, I sort of jokingly sort of said, oh yeah, Scotland are my dark horse. Because if they do well, great. If they don't do well, I can joke about it. But really, I was thinking, probably going to be Turkey. I think Turkey look quite good. Turkey are not good. I, I don't know what it is with Turkey. They are not gelling at all with the quality players at their disposal. And it's really frustrating because on paper, they've got a, they've definitely got a team that, that speak to to being good in these types of tournaments, right? Defensively, they're really strong. They've got a top goal scorer. We talked about it before. Like, they've got a top yes. goal scorer in, in League One or League One. Um, yeah, they should, they do, oh, should no, be no, so no, much I'm better. Gonna, I'm going to have to start there. Doing. <clears throat> Okay, fly me. You give it so much more gusto than me. I've not got the confidence <laughs> to, to do that. Have you been to France? Uh, yeah, I've actually, I've been to France a lot of different times and not once have I felt comfortable. Which which bits of France have you been to? I'm oh, fascinated. It, this is I, no longer Euros based. This, oh, is, this is Zealand's holidays. Go yes, on. 100%. I've been to Paris on five separate occasions and wow, have done nothing but driven. Well, okay, it's kind of cheating because I did. Uh, <laughs> you're just trying to win at Zealand bingo. I see what you're doing. I studied <laughs> abroad at Oxford, right? And then. Oh, there it excellent. is. There it is. Cross it off. Cross it off. Yeah, Cross it's, it off. Uh, you, you had that one right in it. You had that right in the middle on your Zealand bingo board, Ben. I could feel it. Yep. That's but true. I, I studied at Oxford, and when we were there, we would take a trip each weekend, and it is really cheap to go to Paris. So we went like three different times for three, four days at a time. We would go to Paris and get an Airbnb. And so I got very familiar with Paris, and the only experience I have with the rest of France, unfortunately, is just like 
driving through it or taking a train through it so i uh oh. yeah tragically my france is paris paris is france in my traveling experience in my mind i know there's some great other parts to it but i definitely have spent enough time there to give you like you just have to clear your throat i'm, I'm talking like a league oh like really <laughs> well, really <laughs> I've been to Disneyland Paris four times. I've never had to say Ligon at any point. <laughs> they don't care. They all speak English. It's really good. The they really, nice they, well, they, they really, maybe they just don't speak English to Americans because they, I mean, yeah. in England, the court language was French for 300 years. So you guys have a really nice okay. friendship, I heard. Well, you know, yeah, I've been, I've been to Paris a few times. I've been to Cannes a couple of times. It's lovely. France is nice. Not nicer than I think the reputation it probably has. I, I the like food, the anyway, food is wonderful. We'll, yeah, we'll come to. I don't know how we got into France. We'll come to France later on. Oh yeah, Yilmaz, who we thought would be yes. uh, one of the superstar strikers of this tournament, just hasn't been. And yeah, I say Turkey just not clicked at all. It's just frustrating to see a side with some quality that you think are going to be like one of the dark horse sides just completely not live up to that expectation at all. Whereas Wales, who, <laughs> Dude, I mean. It's so strange because they, we talked about them last time. We were shocked that they that they did like well enough to get a point in the first game, and now we're equally shocked they managed to just dispatch of Turkey and made it look pretty comfortable. Uh, there's there's two sides to this, right? The first half of the story is a national team that is underplaying its talent tremendously, and then there's the Welsh who are overplaying their talent tremendously. Like I, uh, history and context yeah. are important here. Like I know they have Gareth Bale in the corpse of Aaron Ramsey, but they have no. I mean, like it's a championship team like that you know the, the yeah, english championship team on aggregate talent they are in their third major tournament ever i always think that sort of stuff is important right the welsh league is irrelevant they have like th two clubs that can produce players for them and, and that's cardiff and swansea obviously and you know yeah. no full Rexham, respect shout, to newport shout county. out to Wrexham, newport county yeah you're right, right. yeah you're right but, but they're, they're the, such a limited output of talent. They have to rely on clubs taking Welsh youngsters and just like the odd guy coming through a youth intake somewhere else in England to build a national team. And then somehow they're on a five-year tear that they might never be on again when Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale leave. And then Turkey, they look hopeless. I don't know why, because... The defense has two center backs who play for top 15 clubs in the world. Yeah. And the striker just won the French League being like the talisman in the middle. Shalonoglu is widely acknowledged as having all this quality in the middle, even though I swear I've never seen it. I just assume no, that it's I've eventually going to arrive. He's, he's, he's good on Football Manager. He's quite good on FIFA. He's got, you know, he's, he's very skillful. He's one of these flair players. He's a luxury player. And well, Turkey cannot afford the luxury right now. I they can't. They can't afford. Shingiz Under, who's this bright, speedy, creative guy who was in the Prem this year, wasn't great, didn't get to play a lot, and he has gotten limited playing time. Like they just, they yeah. can't seem to get it right. But you know that they're they were a paper tiger because Football Manager in this group with Italy in the group had Turkey getting more average points her simulation in that 100 simulation video i did yeah then italy yeah they were top of the group in average group position it was like 2.01 was their average group position and i would be shocked if they didn't finish last the way they're playing right now well yeah the, the way it's set right now like that's that's what's going to happen to them like they are in, in doldrums they have to win and hope they win so spectacularly of course the, like, the result will happen by the time you hear this they have to win like four or five nil 
and hope that three points with like a minus goal difference is good. They're out. They're out. Let's not even. Let's not dress it up. They're gone. There's no. There's no chance for them. It it's, is it's over. It's possible for them to finish third, and it is possible for them to get lucky enough. If Turkey see, if Turkey go through, I will eat an entire turkey on the next podcast. I'll hold you to that because I feel like the odds are good enough. I also have nothing okay. to lose. So it is yeah. technically possible. So there's no reason for me not to accept that. Where am I going to get a turkey from? My mom, sorry, my, mom, my mom will mail it to you. Can you send a turkey across the globe? I'm not sure you're allowed to send turkey. Anyway, uh, Group B, <laughs> unless you want to talk about Italy. But, yeah, I mean, Italy beats Switzerland. I think everybody's aware of the fact that this Italian team has gone from missing the World Cup to being maybe the best team in the world. I mean, like they're... I, I have a lot Stop of I have a lot of respect for Switzerland. Switzerland does not often lose three to nothing. Switzerland plays no, hard. They're very, they're like Sweden. They're a very organized national team that puts people in the spots they're supposed to be in and they have one or two guys who can do something crazy. Italy beat them three nothing. Yeah, un uncomfortably as well. Like the Swiss didn't do, didn't do anything of like note really. The thing with Italy is, I, again, I just, I don't, I still don't really know how good they are. And I, I, I don't know who they can meet in the next round actually in the knockout stages, but that's going to be like the truest test of, okay, how good are this team? Because personnel wise, manager wise, like it's just a really good fit for them right now. Mancini seems like the perfect guy for them at this point, whether they can go on and win the tournament. Like you've just described them as the best team in the world, which I think you've been. I said possibly. I, I didn't yeah. go out and say they were better than, you know, Brazil. But even so, like it's, I, I don't know. It, all, all they'll have to do to convince anybody is one beat Wales, but then you beat <laughs> one of the other quote unquote top sides. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, okay, now they're favorites. It will go from the conversation of, can they do this to, they're going to win this and no other side have gelled as quickly as they have. So I'm fascinated to see if they uh, can actually do it. And then going into the last day, which of course will have happened by the time you've heard this in group A only, uh, Switzerland have to beat Turkey. And I honestly think yeah. that they will. And I think Switzerland will be in the knockouts. Yeah, and then Turkey would have lost all three games. Oh. Shocking shockingly bad from turkey uh, anyway uh right let's move on to group b let's let's talk through right. it because belgium uh broke hearts really ah oh, we didn't want to see it but belgium the the, the 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 danish crowd that game was so good they were so into it up until the point in which belgium scored and then oh it was quite sad because there was just this uh, this idea of come on denmark come on but then you see kevin de bruyne come on yeah and so it was like no. oh they're they're trying now they're really trying to win and did win and, and there was just no way back at that point for them but belgium how could you think belgium have looked so far because i mean i'm not sold on them but they're they're winning i am so happy for my own scalp that de bruyne came trotting in at halftime of that game because i picked belgium to win the whole thing <laughs> oh so, wow okay yeah i don't know if you knew that um i of course did one of those you know everybody and their mother with the, i picked the euros right and i picked yeah, I did, belgium I did as well I picked Belgium to. I don't. Uh, we can tell you. Get into. I, you can point out whoever you picked <laughs> we, to win at something. We absolutely should have talked about this in the first podcast. Yeah, I don't know what we were doing. <laughs> we completely overlooked this in an hour-long podcast talking about the show. <laughs> we're amazing. We're, we're God's gift. The podcast right here. Belgium. I, I look. I picked them to win because their group. They got out of ninety-eight percent of the time in the simulation, and I'm like, look, if you get out of the group that often. Yeah. Uh, your, your odds of winning are just better like there was never a chance of belgium not getting out of this group i don't trust the world rankings but they are the top ranked team in the world right now which every broadcaster mentions when they're playing i thought denmark played well Yusuf paulson's finish was good but like look de bruyne especially that second goal which was just 
artistry from the Belgians. He made yeah, all the difference good. in the world. If he's on the field for the rest of the matches in this tournament, I, I, I they're going to be a very difficult out for anybody. I, I think defensively there are loads of question marks. I still th I think that's their big problem right now. Is what is the that, defense? It, it, if they come up against a good attacking side, a side that are going to pull them around and make life difficult, I think at that point you see Belgian come unstuck. I, I worry for them in that mm. sense. I think going forward and centrally, they have got some some of the best talent in the tournament, but defensively, they're not the same Belgium as they were three, four, five years ago, and that might be their undoing. It could be Th this defeat and that second goal in particular was also a brutal blow for Denmark's chances to get out of this group right now. Yeah, I think for Denmark, it's sort of become, it's just not, it's not what, it's become important, has it? The welfare of Christian Eriksen has taken over, rightly so. And now there's a case of, they've got, a, like, it's weird because of the way Russia and Finland are set right now, they can go into their final game, win, and still have a chance to, to go to go through in second of all of all places. Yep. That's the weirdest thing about this. So they beat Russia comfortably. Belgium do the business against Finland, and the Danes could very well finish into second place and then be through, just not just on qualification merit rather than having to wait and see what happens to the other groups, which would be kind of crazy. But I think everyone's rooting for it, right? I know I am. Like I want I want to see them go a little bit further now. I think that'd be nice. The sort of the the romantic side of it is quite nice. The Denmark are. I don't know, man. It's hard to see them being able to pull out a fantastic game because the, the emotions are so high in the team. And do you think they've got? Do you think it's? I'm not that they're over it now, but Ericsson's out of hospital. They've had a, they've had the game after. Do you think they can go into the the Russia game with sort of a clear head? Yeah, but they're, it's just it's just always going to be emotionally charged. Yeah, like yeah, right. any match for the rest of this tournament is going to be emotionally charged because the fans are going to be just that much more ticked upward and the, the players mentality is just going to be that much more ticked upward because you've had such a dramatic I mean it was mildly traumatic for us to watch that on TV they know Christian Eriksen right they they spend a lot of time around him for some of them he's probably one of their best friends and they watched him yeah. you know basically die and get revived on the field so as jarring it as it was for us you know we spend like a day going oh that was wild the watch glad he's okay for them th this is more of a seismic life event that i the path is easier than i realized though because you're right if they beat russia and belgium probably beats finland yeah. All they got to do is win that game, and they're probably through. The third place team in this group would be in trouble, though, if that happens, because Russia yeah, and Finland got... would be on three points. Denmark have to win two 0 Basically, the goal difference right now they'll swing it to level. Finland will be beaten by Belgium, so their goal difference will will go further down, and then it will depend on say so the head to head against Russia, and they will have beaten them. So it's definitely there for them. Um, Denmark's problem is that they have. Actually, I don't know if this is true actually, because Denmark have. Actually, I don't know if this would become more difficult because Denmark lost to Finland one 0 and I don't know if their head-to-head -head in the group affects it. I think it does. So, so I, I'm, I'm might honestly looking this up right now. I think Denmark might squeak through. Head-to-head -head record is used first. first is the first tiebreaker yeah, to so determine then, their so final Denmark ranking. Can't finish, yeah, Denmark, yeah. Can't, Denmark can't finish second in that occasion then because Finland will have, will have it over them no matter what. But they can have maybe like a strong third if they, if they beat Russia with enough. But even then, it's not looking very likely, sadly for them. 
Yeah, well, here's but, the yeah, thing. Bogey. If Denmark, this is the way this stuff gets really wild. If Denmark beats Russia and Finland loses, it's a three-way tie between every team that has beaten somebody else there. So, like, Finland would have beat Denmark, Russia would have beat Finland, and Denmark would have beat Russia. And when you have yeah. that sort of three-way tie, then goal difference is used, which means all Denmark has to do essentially is win. Oh, so in that case, so in that case, they do just have to win. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we are then. Okay, we we shall see. I, my head come hurts on the, come on the, now. Come on, the Danes. Come on, the Danes. Yeah. Uh, group C: <laughs> Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. In that order, uh, the Dutch have quietly gone about their business to the degree where they're they're through comfortably now. Yep, that's done. And they're le they're leaving Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia to fight it out. I'm 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 being respectful by including North Macedonia there. Uh, it really is just the Ukraine Austria battle for the final spot. And, and this is what I love now about the way the groups work is that that game happens. It is Ukraine versus Austria. The winner goes through in second. The loser is in this sort of mystery pile of teams. I, I like to think it's a room, you know, where <laughs> the teams in third, okay, and then, uh, they're all sitting watching just one TV. They just show the games and there's like a little monitor that shows the tables. And then every now and again, you just hear, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Sweden. Come on, Sweden. You can. Are you, what are you waiting for? Just, yeah, I'm just waiting for group, group F. I've got this mental image of Jordan Shakiri on Switzerland yeah. sitting in this they, room. They just, each nominate a player. I like that even better. That's even better than just a player in the room. Just like, oh, yeah, no, we don't know. Are you three? We don't know. No, literally nobody knows. And then eventually and then there's, teams, so there's people start leaving. Yeah, there's Alvaro Morata in the corner because Spain only have two <laughs> points and they're not going through no matter what. This is shunning him. Yeah. He turns, he turns up half-time at their game. They're drawing 3-3. Three, three. Morata's just like, is there space? That like, I'm not going to come on. So can I just... Yeah, I can sit there. Lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs> just watching it. The goal goes in late. They're just on two points. And Morata just to just leave, shaking hands as he leaves. Yeah, cheers, boys. Yeah, thanks for everyone. Yeah, enjoy the enjoy the papaya. Um, papaya? Paprika? What, what am I thinking of here? There's a dish what's in that, Spain. Paprika is like a, a spice. I don't mean paprika. I mean, uh, what's it called? Oh, God. It's like... Paella. Uh, paella. That's it. Sorry. I'll be to Spain. You wouldn't know it. Um, Lyon. Uh, you wouldn't know it. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Spain, uh, we'll, come, we'll come to Spain in a moment. But yeah, the, the story here is, as we get back onto it, right. Ukraine play Austria, who are you backing? That's what I want to ask you. Ooh. Now, I, look, <laughs> North Macedonia is incredibly entertaining because how often do you get one of these teams that shows up and actually manages to score multiple goals? Like they're scoring in every game. They just can't play defense to save their life. But no. the, like Ukraine could have had a lot more than two goals they just didn't North Macedonia missed a penalty and then tapped it in or like volleyed it in anyways because nobody can yeah. score a penalty in this tournament but Austria and Ukraine is is tough you know what I North Macedonia shows up and shocks the Netherlands <laughs> stop right so in, in the question Ukraine Austria who does it you're saying North Macedonia yeah, no, no. North, the, thing, the, the brutal thing about this is that North Macedonia would likely have to win by multiple goals to move. Oh, four into nil. A, no, uh, four nil. Yeah. No, well, they, well, if they win, okay. Here's here's the thing. If North Macedonia wins by one, they need Ukraine or Austria to lose by like multiple goals. Okay, but like, let's just go back to the question. Right, Who right. Back it out of Ukraine, Austria, <sighs> Austria. I. <laughs> Austria. I, I'm going to Ukraine. It's I think tight. Ukraine will do it. It's tight. I'd look, Austria. I just have to back. It's the same reason that I back Turkey, though, which makes me nervous. But this Austrian team, like when you look at the just where these guys come from, the quality of competition that they play against and how good they should be, 
it's it's got to be Austria, right? I mean, like Ukraine is always a dark horse team that can beat somebody kind of like a Dynamo Kiev in a Champions League. But are they ever actually going to consistently get multiple wins in a group stage? Probably not. Oh yeah, but I don't think Austria are either. So I think I think it's very much this is this is the softest group when you consider that like there's a group with France, Germany, and Portugal in it. The fact this group sort of exists at all is kind of strange. So oh, this, this and group 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 A through C are all kind of soft, right? I mean, Wales, yeah, Switzerland, yeah. Turkey, Russia, Finland, Denmark are like the middle three. I mean, that's you know if you just distributed. <laughs> a couple of the big names around just a little bit better in the Germany's and Portugal's. You probably would have, you had to have a more balanced yeah. tournament, but I get it. It's, you know, well, it's where they finished in qualification. My counter argument to that, the reason that it should be like some sort of cumulative eight year world ranking is because, well, who was the team in the France, Germany, Portugal group that had a good qualification? I think it was France, right? And they yeah. have this great qualification and their reward is having to play Germany and Portugal in the group. That's yeah, not, not that's not fair to anybody. No, it's not. But like, back, back to Group C. Netherlands will, uh, will go we through. We cannot with stay focused Ukraine on Group C, can we? It's just not. No, well, it's because it's not interesting, right? Well, let's move on then. It's a simple. Let's, let's... It's a simple game. It's one game. Who do you think is going to win? Austria, or Ukraine, and that team's going to you know get second. If they draw, Ukraine is through, and Austria is probably through, which means could get cheeky. Yeah, well, they both just draw it. That's true. They could just both draw it. Everyone's happy. Both on four points. Gamble. You know. I mean, you're not completely wins. safe if you do that. But you, you've no. got to feel like you got a good shot at four yeah, points four, and four, third. Yeah, four will probably do it. Four will probably do it. Because the team with three will almost certainly be the fourth team of the six. So four will probably definitely do it. Anyway, uh, group, group D then. Oh, God, this is depressing, isn't it? Hey. So the Czech Republic lead it. Uh, England with an uninspired nil-nil draw against Scotland and Croatia managing to not beat the Czech Republic. Croatia just not as good as they were a few years ago. I, I predicted this pre-tournament. They are not the same Croatia. They are aging's probably a little bit harsh, but they're just like they're just not as good. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever the problem is, they're just not as good. And every other team seems to have moved on a little bit, and Croatia can't capitalise against that anymore. Uh, um, apparently, they just don't like each other. That's something that I heard and read is that this croatian team like the young guys of the croatian team don't like the old guys in the croatian team and so there's just oh. this angst in the national team for croatia which strikes me as weird because i always thought croatia was this type of country where you know it's one of the smaller countries that's able to put together a good national team so there's this kind of respect and cohesion that comes from that and this determination to be like yeah we're croatia but it's like the opposite now they're like suffering from success dj Khaled style Yes, it's it's exactly like that. Uh, so the Czech Republic look pretty good right now. They they finish off against England. If they lose that, and then one of Scotland or Croatia win quite comfortably, then it gets a little spicy for the Czech Republic. Equally, it's the same for England. England are in the same position. Although I think most people are expecting England to probably beat the Czech Republic. Um, did you watch England versus Scotland? I did. Mr. Yeah, Shannon. I, I watched the match. that. I, so I've, I've made a video. I made a video on it, so I'm interested to see what you thought. Like I, England has this thing where now two straight matches it comes out and just storms the barn for the first 15 minutes and then kind of falls asleep. And we saw that again. And then I thought Scotland nearly edged like the action late on. But by the time we got yeah. there, Scotland played really well, considering it just lost to the Czech Republic. 
yeah, it was they, they were surprisingly good. And I think Scottish people will be annoyed by that. But that's, I don't think, having seen the way they were quite easily dispatched, it felt like against the Czech Republic, and that they, they offered some good gusto, but not enough, you know, winning, that they would then put a performance in against England that was really impressive. This is the first match, Z, I've watched back, having watched it once. Um, and I've gone through and analysed the England performance in great detail. Uh, more than I ever thought I would have done. And I made my reaction video the night of the game. And then the day after that, I went through and I looked to see why England weren't successful. There's quite a lot of reasons, it turns out. And ultimately, and I don't like to say this because I'm a bit of a, I'm a Gareth Southgate fan. I think the way he's turned England around into being a team that people quite like, especially England fans quite like the England team, which was not always the case for many years. There was sort of this arrogance associated with the England team. And because they're a bit younger and they're a bit more inexperienced and they haven't had the time to develop these egos yet, <laughs> they're quite liked. But I tell you what will destroy that, having a poor tournament. And they are... So far, having a fine tournament, like it's going okay. Four points from the first two games is fine. Um, but yeah, there were lots of issues. Watching it from an outside perspective with no sort of, you know, no horse in the race. Um, where do you think England had their biggest issues? I think England are bereft of ideas. The fact that you have Harry Kane, who I think everybody in the world can agree is a top five striker at least. Yep. And the dude, he's just not, you wouldn't know it. I mean, come on, like, this is Scotland, right? You want to talk about a team that has championship quality outside of a couple of players. Scotland is very similar to Wales, I think, in a lot of ways. Now, they play yeah, with a ton of national pride, and that obviously that's not exclusive to the Scottish national team, but there's that extra buoyance of being back in major tournaments and not being a team like... England doesn't have a lot of pride of being here. They get a lot of pride from, like, advancing in knockout stage games. England expects to be here. Scotland and Wales and the reason North Macedonia probably keeps scoring goals is these teams get a lot of pride from being here. And they get that bolstered ego and confidence because they made the tournament. They're on the stage. They're able to play in these games. And Scotland, out, I would say, like, you know, Tierney, McGinn, McTominay, and Robertson, outside of those guys, you're dealing with a team that is probably championship quality, very similar to Wales. And they yeah. put together a game that was good, but the fact that England, with you know, a who's who of world-class front three players cannot find a way to create just one of those amazing, obvious goal-scoring chances. Like, sure, John Stone set the post on a corner, right? He was unmarked. That's yeah. not your creative force. And in a completely unrelated aside, Pickford is still really good in an England shirt. Yeah, I, I picked Jordan Pickford to be my England player of the tournament in my prediction video. Um, which I had England get to the final. So, oh, good heavens, that's going to be embarrassing to watch back. Um, it'll, it'll probably be a good video, though. Uh, look, Harry Kane in the first half against Scotland, this summed it up for me, had, created, uh, had six passes, completed four of them, touched the ball ten times, and had one shot that was a diving header that was, uh, you know, not great. I think it was in the first half. That might be in the second half. Two shots overall, anyway. I think 19 touches overall he was complete a complete passenger because we england do not know what to do with him i've watched the game back and there's this idea with harry kane that because he's got loads of assists for tottenham this year that oh he must keep, he's, he's coming deep all the time he's trying to be involved all the time i watched it back he does it like three or four times most of the time after a 15 minute period where he's not touched the ball because no one's giving it to him in spaces where they should there's not enough 
passes vertically towards him up the pitch we are too safe we're not taking enough risks like you mentioned the lack of creativity we're not brave enough on the ball and i don't know what Jaden sancho has done to not start england football matches but if he doesn't start in the final game against the Czech republic then we are wasting that man at this point and we are wasting what he can do to unlock the likes of harry kane and because England have to make this decision now, we either work for Kane or we take him out of the team. Because right now we're doing, we're trying to do a middle ground of both, and it's not working. And creatively, we are stifled because we're not utilising our, as you say, world class player. So, so we have to make a decision at some point, and that decision falls on Gareth Southgate. And his entire England tenure now will be judged on the next two matches, assuming we go through in the next one. So, lots to be sorted out for Gareth. Lots of questions that need to be answered. And uh, right now. I feel like no one really knows what's going to happen against the Czech Republic. No one knows the team. No one knows how we're going to play. And to me, third game of a tournament, that is a problem. I think that the main issue offensively, right? I like Foden. He keeps taking Foden out like 60 minutes into the game. But Foden is somebody that when he gets the ball, you hear it. There are certain players that you, if you were not watching the game, you would still know when they receive the ball and when they're on it. You hear mm. the England fans go, ooh. When he gets a touch, yeah. when he's on the ball and he's isolated against a fullback, you don't hear that noise when Raheem Sterling gets the ball. Look, I like Raheem Sterling I'm more than most people, I think. But he is nothing more than a bit player in an England team with this kind of talent, with Rashford and Sancho and Grealish not starting. All three of those guys would be choices for me over Sterling. Now, I like Sterling because... He's different than those guys. He's a pressing wing, essentially. His movement, his work rate is incredible. But it's like, you need somebody that can do something nuts, right? Jaden Sancho and Jack Grealish are capable of just taking people on, and they stir the drink. Both of those guys yeah. stir the drink in a way. England has one goal from two matches. One. And it was Raheem Sterling on a flash through ball yeah that, that, that sort of move is kind of is what we need to do to get the best out of someone like kane at the same time because kane makes a movement in that move that is sort of under the radar but equally allows the space for sterling to move into but everyone has to know that we, we haven't got enough time now to to gel together like like italy are the example right it's italy are basically england but they like each other enough to and understand what they're actually going to do the england team of like are like full of mates that are turning up at the park and playing whereas italy are turning up turning up and studying it feels like and that's the difference right now between the england team and the italian teams that on paper as, as i've talked about before are pretty similar like there's not too much between those two sides with Foden, Foden's issue at the moment is we're not getting in behind enough. Our fullbacks aren't being adventurous enough. So when Foden cuts inside, he has one pass and it's inside. Reese James wasn't aggressive enough. Luke Shaw wasn't aggressive enough. It affects the performances of Sterling and Mount and Foden, who end up just playing on top of each other. I could go through the game. Like I said, I watched the whole 90 minutes back and I, was, I focused mainly. I did some actual analysis. See, I know, unbelievable. And I... I, f I focused on the attacking build-up and the way in which we utilised Harry Kane because there was this opinion after the game that Kane is tired and he's leggy and he's exhausted and he's not fit to play. He he's running as much as someone like Robert Lewandowski is. He's, he's running the more than someone like Karim Benzema is. He's running the same as, let's say, Mason Mount, who is playing like a slightly more restricted midfield role. I say restricted, like a deeper midfield role. And so, so this idea that Harry Kane is like lazy and he's not running, whether his movements are clever enough and whether he's finding out where he fits on the pitch, that is definitely a question that needs to be answered. 
when Tottenham Hotspur play football, see, they look for Harry Kane. He is the he is the the pinnacle of everything. It's where is Harry Kane? How do I get him the ball? And how do I link him to everything else that's going on around him? When England get the ball, Kane's like a third or fourth choice option of pass. So there's not this idea of that eventually we'll get it to Harry Kane. With England, it's like Sterling, you have a go, make something happen. Foden, you have a go, you try and make something happen. Mount, you have a go, try and make something happen. None of them are doing it. And then it just goes back to a fullback, back to a centre-back, into midfield, and you repeat the process again. And, and it happened about six or seven times for England. And if they continue to do that, they're, they're going to go out of the tournament losing 1-0 to a side that on paper they are much better than. And, th and that's that's how it's going to happen. And th that's such a sad state of affairs for a side that has got obviously so much quality. Sorry to go on sort of an England rant, but I think... No, that, so that's, it. you've, you've got the match analysis. This plays into something that I always apply to games, right? We play so much football manager that I like to think we're able to develop our own kind of managerial philosophy or a way that we think about playing <laughs> the game, right? Like you come up with this way of like, this is how, you know, no matter what, this is how the team in this save is going to play. And any team can score one goal, right? I have a real yeah. issue with teams that play. I mean, I play like England. We're like, well, we might score, but you're definitely not going to score. You don't know that, right? Like it, no. it, if the way that you guarantee that you're going to win if you're England is you just lose it because your offensive players are better than their defensive players and you just let it rip and it, you if you score three goals it is much harder for them to win yeah right then if you say well maybe we're going to get one but they're definitely not going to score because you know what if Jordan Pickford doesn't make a world-class save on that volley which you know a bit unlucky for the English defense, the ball kind of kicks up in the air and whoever, I think it was the right back for Scotland comes in and just hits a wicked volley from like 14 yards out. Yeah, Pickford covers his corner. I don't even know how. It's an amazing save. If he doesn't do that, that was just the one moment in Scotland scores and it's national embarrassment for England. Like that's what you're playing with when you decide that you are going to defend first. I like yeah. attacking first, just always, especially when you have the firepower that England does. Always we're strikes not, me as better. Do, do the problem is right now, though, Z, is we're not doing enough of it. So, so, and this is stupid, right? Because obviously, in training, they're practicing shooting and working on drills that that, that create movement for one another and and how they react to second balls and shots, shots that are saved and all this sort of stuff, right? But in in game situations, we're, we've had like two shots on target. Well, not maybe more than two shots, but we've had like not very many shots on target, and we're not practicing attacking and going at teams enough. So, what will happen is, and and the, my fear is that we will see an England side that have existed for. years is, is that when it comes down to it and England actually finally have to break a team down after being 1-0 down in a tournament with 35 minutes to go, we won't know what to do because we've not been doing it against lesser sides. Now, to me, there's an idea that like... You, you, I'm, I'm sure they have it in America, right, where you have like a tune-up game and you're tuning up your attackers to be in positions to score goals. So you're repeating like the psychology and sort of like the memory of doing that thing and being successful when doing that thing when those chances arrived, arise, right? You get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And England, and England aren't doing that. So when they get into those situations, there's like there's there's this constant passing of the buck with these players. And even if Sancho and even if Grealish are the guys to unlock the door, we're not going to know. Like they've played like so little with the players that are on the pitch that having that understanding in a match scenario when the pressure is at its absolute height of maximality, like is a word I've just made up. Yep. Like there really does have to be a point where England, if they don't succeed in this tournament, 
it will fall on Gareth Southgate because ultimately he's adopting the style of play that England are playing. And if he's going for, as you say, sort of this like this safe, we're just going to win one nil and, and gamble and almost be like he'll like it'll be described as confidence, but it's almost arrogance to suggest that oh well he won't score. Like that that's only going to get you so far. And and it boils down to the fact that Harry Kane is pivotal to this, and in my opinion that's where England should go they should go to focus everything around Harry Kane and if it works great and if it doesn't well then that's when we've got to come to a plan b in the future but right now as we touched on Kane is one of the top five strikers in the world and as and you made a great point you would not know it right now no nope. you would not know it you would have no and idea is, and that is the problem that is the problem but I like it's, it's <sighs> one of those things was like well is Harry Kane bad it's like look it's it <sighs> Asking if Harry Kane bad is like, okay, well, you put, like, you're, you're taking Lewandowski and just not providing him. There are certain players that are known quantities. Harry Kane has been so yeah. good for so long that there is, like, he did not wake up all of a sudden and go, wow, I'm terrible. Like, he, you know, he's probably the best player on the team. On any yeah. given day when he rolls out of bed with that shy demeanor of his, right, and I... I I think being shy does not help him in these situations because he isn't able to remind people like, hey, man, you know, I mean, this is what Ronaldo does. Like when he has a bad game or something and he's like, oh, I'll go, I'll, I'll go weep into all of my goals or whatever, you know, like all that sort of stuff. <laughs> like they, Kane yeah. needs a little bit of that sometimes. There is a rest of the group here uh, also. And on that note, speaking of great strikers, I think we do have an emerging star in this tournament. And his name is Patrick Schick. Oh, wow, OK. You're going there, eh? Yeah, I went there with the name. Uh, uh, no, 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 not the name. I just think that this this happens with every player. Like, there's always one player in a tournament that has like a breakthrough few moments. And yeah. everyone goes, this is the guy. That's and why, then, that's exactly you, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's Patrick Sheik. <laughs> but then in like a year or four years or in the next tournament, we'll go, oh yeah, remember when he scored that goal against Scotland? Where's he been? He's been at, he's been at where, sorry? Bruce Lee went back for four years. That's, that's weird. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll see how he does. I don't, I don't know where, I don't, know, I don't even know where he is right now, but um, I, look, you never know. There's always like, there's always a player that stars, like this is their, their breakup moment, but he's 25 and he plays for Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I mean, it's a good, it's a B-level European club in a top league. I mean, he's, the, the thing is, I don't think anybody thought the Czech Republic had much quality. I thought I thought in every game except for the game against Scotland, the Czech Republic was going to be on the back foot a la Sweden style, where they're just kind of defending and then maybe they're trying to catch a counter. I thought against Croatia, Croatia was just going to boss the ball, back Czech Republic. In. That game was even. They were back and forth, yeah. and Czech Republic yeah. was every bit as good as Croatia for the entirety of that game. Now, Croatia obviously has not been spectacular, but this Czech team is more capable than I gave them credit for. This is the sort of side that will end up in the semifinals, and everyone will be like, "How did? How has this happened?" This <laughs> is the sort of side that will will end up there. They'll have they'll win their first like knockout game. They'll really quietly win their next game and then just be in the semifinals. And everyone will be like, "Hang on, why are they playing France?" <laughs> yeah. No, and then they, they, they show up. The they semis. get dump trucked by France like three to nothing on a huge stage, and then that's it. Yeah. And everyone's annoyed that they wasted the spot of a like notoriously better European, like, European team. It's just, oh, whatever, fine. Have your moment, the Czech Republic. But then getting to a semi-final is like the moment that is remembered for them for ages now. It's like when England were last there in 96 or the World Cup recently. It's like, remember that semi-final the Czech Republic got to? God, that team was good. And we're talking about it like pre-tournament as if 
who plays for the Czech Republic? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Is it Suchek? He was yeah. in West Ham. What happened to him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in China. He's was... in China now. Of course he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just he's he's out things. there with Graziano Pelle, who that was the last guy. He scores <laughs> a bunch of goals in the tournament. Yeah, gets, scores a ton of tournament goals and then just gets a huge contract in China and you never hear about him again. Yeah, that that feels like that might be the case at some point. But look, they're they're a, they're a fun side. You're right. They're really good against against Croatia, and uh, the, the the group is open. And Matt, look, we've got this perfect world, see, where if uh, Croatia and Scotland draw, they're both out. You know, both that dealt with. And then if England and Czech Republic draw, they're both through. And England probably at this point maybe play Sweden, maybe or play. I don't know. We'll come on to it. Sweden, Slovakia, Spain, Poland in Group E is... No one knows what's happening in that group. They've got one, two, three, four points. They can all go through. Uh, they can all just about drop out, I think, as well. Yeah, it's, this yeah, is it's, it's chaos. the only group, I believe, where every single team in the group can win the group on the last day. Yeah. Uh, I group, yeah F, just group F, it is possible, but Hungary would have to beat uh, Germany by, like, four. So, so it's not yeah. actually possible, right? But like in Group E, right? And I, to wrap up our conversation on Group D, Scotland Croatia is going to be a great match because they both have to win. I totally think Czechia can beat England, but England really should be winning that game, and then we'll be taking on whoever comes out of Group F. But uh, yeah. Group E, yeah, yeah, it's the only team where it is remotely possible that any of the four sides can actually win the group going into the last day which is oh, I mean that's tremendous I don't know what you're thinking if you're Slovakia because right now you're second and you're feeling pretty comfortable but you also know that you've got to play Spain in the last <laughs> game of the tournament and it's like well Spain currently sitting third if Spain win but it's, it's kind of brutal as well because Spain just take their spot it's like it's like Spain are going to come on like the big kids at school and go, yeah, that's actually we we sit at this table and they're like, ah, <laughs> oh, but we've we've been here for twenty minutes. No, 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 come on, you get. And then one of them's just like, no, I'm not leaving. And then you just get Jared PK like pick him up, <laughs> just put him on another table. It's like, sorry, mate, you've honestly there are rules there and you're not following them. Um, so yeah, like, I, th I think most people expect Spain to go through. The fact that probably one of Spain and or Poland now won't go through. It's a bit surprising. I think most people probably had Spain-Poland getting out, right? The, the Lewandowski factor continues to just not be a factor for Poland. They've scored now, but like he's been he's been there for 10 years. And they've, never done, they've never actually done anything. They, they made the quarterfinals at the Euros in 2012. I did some investment. So, like, Poland has yeah, made but... runs. They were hosting that, that tournament. Run? Is that a run? That's that, not okay, a run. For Poland, I mean, when does Poland ever do anything as a national? They don't even, like, make the World Cup half the time. Uh, uh, well, look. They're still going to finish quite poorly in Robert Lewandowski's career, despite having 67 goals for his national team. It's just going to be quite like quite sad. He's just he's just not done anything, has he? That's what's sad All about it. All they have to do... Slovakia could still go out, obviously. They could still end up not even in third because of the fluidity of this group. If Poland beats Sweden, which I think we'd say is definitely possible, and Spain beats Slovakia, Slovakia's in last and Poland's probably through. Yeah, actually, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, so if Poland and Spain both win, it's on. Oh, it's, it's on, on for Big Robert. Oh, yeah. It's on for Big Robert. He's, he's, oh, he's in. Exciting. Yeah, but that's that's the dicey part of this, is Poland has to win. Sweden, you just can't score against Sweden. So Poland's got to figure out a way to actually score against the Swedes, who have erected a shield wall in front of the goal. Yeah, 
If it's, well, if it's a man that should be able to, it's probably the best striker in the world right now. You'd figure. If you're going to talk about our not strikers, right? So it's probably going to be him. And that group's quite difficult to talk about because they're all sort of in limbo right now. We don't really know yeah, what they're, they're doing. Yeah, we have no idea. Well, okay, so the results then is what we can bite off. Sweden with the most predictable scoreline of all time beating Slovakia 1-0. I actually get, I called that. I said Sweden's going to win one nothing. There's going to be like one chance the whole game. And it was a penalty that was supremely well taken. Full credit. There's yeah, the only no penalty that's been scored in this tournament. And Sweden wins one nothing, allowing nothing towards their goal from a Slovakian team that I think has already outplayed what we expected of them by beating Poland. They got a little lucky with the red card situation. Yeah, but, you know, it's been a pretty good tournament for them. Again, they go into the final game with three points and a chance. Like, they could lose and still, like, there's still a world based on whatever, that, whatever happens in the other groups. They could yeah. still go through with three. Like, it could still happen. Could squeak through. Um, and then I, we that, haven't, that group's interesting for England still. Yeah, but yeah. We haven't abused Spain enough, I don't think, either, for the fact that they're in third. No, we haven't really. They've, they've been super underwhelming against two sides that logically they should be beating quite comfortably. But they just don't, whatever it is, they just don't seem capable of doing it. They get to a certain point and they go, oh, we can't score. We'll just go back again. Which is a bit like England. We'll just go, <laughs> I we'll was just gonna go say, they're very reminiscent of England, right? Like they play a very similar way where like, you know, they're more talented than who they're playing against. You know it. And when you're yeah, watching well, well, the game, you just, you're just like, well, yeah, but they might be more talented, but like what chances have they had that weren't handed to them? England almost do that by accident. With Spain, it's like we're going to have eighty-seven percent of the ball, and you're going to if you do something when you when you get a little bit of the ball, good luck to you. But we're we're going to have the ball, uh, right? Okay, we've still got the ball, still got the ball. Oh, they've scored, flipping it. Right, okay. Well, we're still got the ball. <laughs> um, okay, still keeping it, still keeping it. Oh, Marassa scored. Wow, we did not see that coming. Okay, one-one. Um, still got the ball. And then the referee blows for full time, and it's like. Oh, we! Oh, of course. You're telling me we didn't. You told me we didn't win. We had yeah, so much of the ball. Scoring. Uh. We had we had an eighty-seven percent pass accuracy. <laughs> what was theirs? It should all be worked out. But and, and I've told that story in quite a slow, methodical way. That is kind of what Spain are up to right now. They uh -huh. had seven hundred and seven passes against Poland. Uh, Poland had two hundred and fifteen. Like, Poland it's, needed it's that. A lot. I, I got a lot of credit. The Poles had to get a point in order to like stay alive in this group against Spain, and they did it. I'm very impressed by that. Even though Spain has just, been unimpressive, obviously. Don't you just kind of like I love and hate the idea that Spain are just like this is how we play. I can't like it's just they've got, they don't even care. they're not even trying to win. They're just like yeah, yeah this is what we do. <laughs> there was. It's, there's, Oh, so, so they don't have David Vera or Torres. That's the problem. On the uh, yeah, on the uh, on the American broadcast, whoever was doing that, the color guy, you know, the analyst, yeah, was yeah. saying, at some point, Spain, if it wants to win, has to get rid of this pretense of football snobbery that they have, and bring on Adama Traore. Yeah, I, that's. And I, I thought that. that was a very like salient point like spain i think is now being actively held back by its own football snobbery that's really interesting whether, whether they're actually good enough like they should be beating poland if they're having that amount of the ball right if, if you're capable of keeping the ball to that degree like you probably should be creating a few more chances and scoring a few more goals yeah but 
But the fact that Spain's like, think about the world we're in, right? I've, I've grown up in a, in a world where Spain have started off being really average and then being the best team in the world for like six years with Xavi, Iniesta, David Villa, Puyol, Piquet, etc. right? All these players. And now Spain has brought down to, or oh, should they bring on that really fast man from Wolves? Like, <laughs> and, and that is, and that is what we've, that's what we've now concluded. What's happened to Spain? Oh, well, What's you know, happened? you know, they're not doing well because Alvaro Morata is, this he operates in this weird space where everybody agrees that he has world-class quality but he's such a head case that you can never you know, he is he's inconsistent right he, you can yeah. never rely on yeah. him to be able to do anything he kind of chokes right it's the equivalent in football manager of having low consistency and low big matches right like he he just he's not somebody that you can rely the fact that he's starting is not a good sign for spain Right, Alvaro Morata, no, if you want to be no. one of the best teams in the world, should not be starting. I, I had this conversation extensively, like, would you rather have Alexander Izak or Alvaro Morata? And when you're having that question about a Swedish striker and it's not Zlatan, you, you're starting, yeah. you, like, you're that, that's a sign that the team is not, you know, and they're, they've got, like, Moreno as the other striker. I mean, they don't have those brand-name world-class stars that step up and score goals at the top of the team anymore. No, they've got they've got an interesting back line. Like they've still got players like Jordi Alba, right? Still there. Oh, Pedro they've is Laporte, who doesn't even know the a national anthem, which is always funny. No, that's that's fine. He, th he thinks he's French. He's still saying league on all the time. Um, <laughs> but I, I, like, for, for Spain now, they're in a position where they have to win. They probably will win. They'll probably be fine. But again, it's, it's similar to Italy for me. It's like we don't necessarily know how good Spain are until they get to play their style of play against a good side, and then it's like, oh, okay, that's how good they are, and, and it's it's going to be sink or swim. For them no, but um, he, i will say this you know that spain has the ability i think everybody still knows this to beat anybody in the world and i don't mean just like and it's not surprising exactly you know I mean? like that's so I mean, weird yeah portugal kind of felt like this spain team in 2016 and then won the whole thing i mean portugal drew yeah. iceland yeah in 2016 in the group stage didn't did they, they didn't win they had three draws in the group stage and went on to win the tournament so this isn't us discounting Spain entirely. Like they still could just, well, it could just be a couple moments. I mean, if you keep playing this way and you win every game one nothing, then you win the tournament. Like, yeah, if you if you go two nil, three nil up in games, and then you just adopt this style of play, like teams are just going to be so angry that like you win, you just win. Uh, right, let's wrap it up. See, yeah, group seven, group seven, group, group F. seven. I've, I've seen I've seen the letter F, and I've decided to say seven. Seven. I was wrong. It's been a long week of football. Uh, France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. Then uh, France, the surprise draw. Oh, against Hungary. I was losing my mind when you know the fourth <laughs> different Attila scored for Hungary. That was a amazing i couldn't even believe the ball was in the back of the net to me the most memorable part of the tournament outside of all of the touching gestures around the erickson situation is hungry scoring that goal i that is yeah. one of those moments that i mean you'll be watching that on youtube for the next decade just like dude can you remember when hungry took the lead against france in a freaking euros you always have one of these moments. I, I equally love my third bit of the whole match is right. The final whistle's gone, and the cameraman is just like padding in on Griezmann and Mbappe and Benzema, and they are furious. They are so annoyed <laughs> with themselves. They're just like, we've just lost to Hungary, and now they're showing my picture on the screen. Oh, for God, I wish I didn't want to be here. And Mbappe looks so embarrassed to have drawn with Hungary. Like, it's hilarious, really. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's going to be the probably the surprise of the tournament so far, right? I don't think there's been anything else that's been that what is, radical. You don't even like Hungary barely qualified, 
Okay, Hungary qualified against Iceland. For those that thought that Iceland was all of a sudden terrible again, they're not. They're still a top 30 team in the world. And Hungary got lucky to beat them in qualifying. If you don't know the story, I'm the person that's obsessed with qualifying for every major international tournament, so I'll tell you. Hungary was down to Iceland and scored in the 88th minute of the second leg to tie it. And then scored in the 92nd minute to win it. That's the yeah. that's how Hungary got into the tournament. That's why they ended up with such a terrible draw because they were Iceland was about to show up at the Euros again. They were five minutes away from doing it, and then gave up two goals to Hungary. On that team was a kid named Dominic Zobozlai, who you probably have heard of before because you're listening it's to this podcast. Pronunciation. It's an excellent but, pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. Name that is near impossible to actually say. <laughs> he is. If you don't know, I mean, he scored a freaking Pushkas like award contender free kick in a Hungary shirt not too long ago. He is a fabulous player. He is Hungary's best player. He would be the equivalent of Alexander Izak on Sweden in terms of the guy that can do something, right? The, the guy that can make something. Yeah. He's hurt for this tournament. So this Hungary team, in all likelihood, would not have qualified for this tournament in its current state because its best player who helped it qualify is not even here. That makes this such a tremendously surprising result. Just more so than like they shouldn't even be here. Like it's it's the it's a team that barely made it without its best player. The the fact that they scored that goal and held France to a draw is just amazing to me. Yeah, the the team that have really suffered from this result uh, is Portugal. Yes, because now Spain, not Spain, but back back on Spain, um, still passing the ball around. Uh, France now have this scenario where they are angry about being shown on television after drawing with Hungary, and they play Portugal, knowing that if they beat Portugal, they might be able to. Essentially, this is the weirdest thing, right? They might be able to knock Portugal out of the tournament if they beat them, like in a pretty substantial way. They could be gone. Germany. Uh, I've obviously got the head-to-head -head win over Portugal now and a really impressive 4-2 victory for them. A, like, a weird game, which we'll come to in a moment. But this this France side now have a point to prove. They don't, like, this is this is kind of strange. They don't have to win. But if they lose to Portugal and Germany beat Hungary, as, as is expected, they'll have finished third in the group. Now, they are world champions. They are the favourites of the tournament in quite a comfortable way. They definitely have the best squad. They have the most exciting starting eleven. And now, for the first time, and earlier than many people expected, I think, the pressure is on. Uh, that I can't wait. Ronaldo is a man that likes that sort of scenario. And France, they're going to have to find a way to deal with him. Because I tell you what, Varane didn't look that comfortable in this game against Hungary. Kimpembe didn't look that comfortable in the game against Hungary. <laughs> and Ronaldo's quite good. So I, I, I worry about them a little bit. Um, it's yeah, I, I'm excited because Portugal have faulted against Germany. And now... The pressure is on both sides, but I've seen Ronaldo do well under pressure quite a lot I, the, the, the France-Portugal match is going to be great, but I'll tell you what else could, could be great. You're right about Varane. He got cooked by Attila Fiola, who I'd never heard of until, you know, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and who just barbecued Rafael Varane for the goal. It was bizarre to watch. So Portugal-France are going to have this huge showdown. I'm Look, Germany is going to overlook Hungary. They're going to overlook Hungary. It's impossible not to think you can show up and win that game. Now, Hungary, for all but 10 minutes of this tournament, has been outrageously good defensively. 
I don't know. They, yeah. they, 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 I don't know if they got the national team together a year ago and started training defensive tactics, but they are in the right <laughs> spot. They are in great shape. They are not easy to score against. I mean, it's like a poor man Sweden, essentially. Like France had two or three chances to score, needed a kind of lucky deflection off a cross that just found Griezmann, who has his imminent fortnight composure to just like put the ball away in those situations. He always seems to pop up right when a ball has been deflected or something like that. Yeah. But I, what we've seen now, and you can really, you know, one game you can't really take to the bank, but two games you can. They got an unlucky penalty against Portugal and then kind of fell apart mentally after that. But they, instead of staying fallen apart, just drew the world champions. So Germany would be remiss to overlook the fact that this Hungarian team is going in believing it has every chance to take a point off Germany. And now, of course, Hungary in this situation has to win, right? If we're talking about like Hungarian qualification. So that might affect the way that they manage this game. We'll see because they might have to let a few people go forward and that could give Germany the opportunity to score. But if they don't and Hungary literally just makes the executive decision, like we're just going to try and get another point off Germany. If we score awesome, great. If we don't, that's fine. We're playing for pride. Germany's going to have a really hard time with that. I, I'd expect Germany to win. Ooh, <laughs> I, of course, I certainly take. I'm just saying. Everything you just said, but like, I like the fact you've, you what you've done there is you've sold you've sold us all a dream. We've listened to you there, <laughs> and and I, I'd like, I'm going to speak for me and all the listeners. None of us believe you, but at the same time, we are thinking yes, Hungary can stop Germany, and and how exciting could that be? The bottom I just line want, I, I think it's more possible than it was at the beginning of the tournament. Than anybody thought no, yeah, at the beginning that's of the totally tournament. Fair. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally fair. I think the bottom line of this group, though, and I predicted, I, I did in my prediction video, I did uh, a team that I thought would falter when everyone's expecting them to do well. I am begging Portugal to be, I don't even care about Portugal. I don't want any Portuguese listeners to be offended, but I, I predicted Portugal to be the team to like not do what they were expected to do. And if that means they go out in the groups, then so be it. France, Batman, 5 0, make it happen. Come on, make dreams come true. What I, what I will say that is super impressive uh, in this group is that in the football manager simulation that I did, three out of the top four teams in terms of winning the tournament, like the, the four, out of the four teams that won the tournament the most in those simulations, three of them are in this group. That's crazy, isn't it? How insane is that? England, England was the other one I see. Uh, no, England was actually oh. not. I believe, actually, honest to goodness, don't remember. It's been so long since we actually did it's that okay. video. It's okay. England was sixth, I think. Like they were not. Wow. They, they they won ten times, but Germany won like twenty nine. Ten times, I'll take that. Ten times. That's was, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Ger- that time. means wow. England. England has a ten percent chance to win the Euros wow, based off that. Uh, it's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> like France, yes. Germany, and Portugal were all ahead of that, and I think the other one was Spain. I'm not sure. And then it was like Italy, and then no, it was Belgium, and then England, and then it, I think Italy all was. All of is coming home. All yeah, of Ireland. All of is coming home. We we we, we, we spend an hour. We break down all of the groups, and at the end, it's just coming home. Yeah, in a, in a way in which we are sort of accepting it's not coming <laughs> Well, I look forward to the next one of these. Will England be in the knockouts? Find out next week. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>